Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, the podcast for the paste waxing patron. So, how are we doing, guys? Al, what have you been up to? Wank. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, no idea. Um, what have I been up to? Curveball. Um, right, so I started, uh, I started my new um, project, and it's a little bit of metalworking. So I've been having some fun on the machine lathe down at the Makerspace. Nice. Um, and then Tim, Tim Turgworks, Tim McTurgworks, um, yep. he gave me an old Dremel of his. Oh, nice. Uh, with the caveat that he'd fucked it and it wasn't working. So um, <laughs> I spent I spent yesterday uh, just basically taking apart the Dremel, fixing it up. Um, it was basically all the all the threads had ground down. So how you attach oh, the yeah. tools, it's all ground off. So I basically shortened the thread with an angle grinder. Nice. Because there was still kind of like inch and a half maybe of thread left so basically took yeah. it down and then could attach all the attachments to stuff now so it's just a case of bringing that back to life and then i can start engraving because i've i've done some turning on the on the piece yeah um and i just need to engrave it as well so i'm just gonna try and learn how to use the dremel and uh see how it takes to the come do it out of aluminium oh, brilliant. so it's pretty soft um, and yeah. so hopefully the dremel will will eat through that like, like yeah. batter <laughs> um yeah, that was pretty good. And then uh, yesterday, I had a, a nice little surprise actually. So um, Steve Maker, uh, yes. he lives he lives in Hull, so that's about kind of an hour away from me. Um, he lives but where? Hull. Uh, but no, no. Sorry, Hell. No... He lives in Hell. Um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, there's no H on Hull. Hull. Um, yeah, it's about an hour away from me. So he was, I think he was in he was in Leeds looking looking at a second hand car, and he was just like, oh, I'll, uh, I'm I'm on my way, so uh, I'm gonna pop in and come to the Hack Shack. So brilliant. Yeah, had a nice cup of tea and a chat. It was good. Nice yeah. little, nice little flying visit. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I saw the uh, the photo you put up on Instagram, and it, yeah, he looked like he was having fun with his, yeah, uh, yeah, it's quality. with the claws on. <laughs> but, uh, cool. Right, Brett, what about you? No, Steve, I want to go with you. What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that as well. Let's see what Steve's got to say. Uh, what have I been up to? I put out a video this week. Um, the bacon vice restoration video. Um, took way longer than it should have done um, <laughs> but I think it turned out alright in the end it was it was good fun doing it um, for those not in the know uh, there was a, a conversation on the Makers on YouTube um, Facebook group and uh, it, it basically I bought a vice and made a comment about making a vice restoration video like uh, the Redsmith did and then that kind of snowballed into having to involve bacon and then there was references to Al's video where he did bacon crepe waffle taco things because <laughs> of Andy Berkey's table saw tacos <laughs> and it it just ended up being a, a lot of fun <laughs> and a very tasty result so uh, yeah I've been up to that um, and also I was making uh, axe handles out of ash um, first time I've ever used a draw knife uh, which a friend gifted to me actually um and uh, and yeah that was really fun it was a really good experience um i'm not happy with how the handles have turned out i mean they're they're all right as a first attempt but i'm definitely gonna redo them mm-hmm. um because i just I, I got a massive plank of ash from yandles the local uh, local um lumberyard 
so I've got plenty to practice with. Um, so I'm going to do that, um, tidy him up with a spoke shave, um, rather than what I did this time. Because uh, this time I just put a 40 grit um, flap disc on the angle grinder and used that to take off the draw knife marks. And may have been a little bit aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to uh, retry with the proper tools and uh, and give that a go. And then hopefully in the next couple of weeks I should be forging another axe head. So uh, I want to do a, a carving axe head. Um, so the next set of handles I can make with a carving axe. So what, what, so what would you do with the with the with the draw knife to get a smoother finish, Steve? Do you just like change the angle of it, or do you have to go to like a spoke shave or something? How would you, how would you get a nice finish on that without going to something like a power tool? Um, yeah, uh, to be fair, generally you'd uh, you'd start with a uh, draw knife, and you can get quite a nice finish with a draw knife as long as it's sharp. Yeah. Um, but you'd uh, you then move to a spoke shave just to get like. Um, it, it's like the difference between using a sledgehammer and a handhammer sort of thing. Like the the draw Same knife, thing. You, yeah, <laughs> the draw knife <laughs> is going to take a lot of material off. Um, and you can tidy it up and and get a nice finish with a draw knife, but to get um, like the nice small contours and things like that, you need the the spoke shave just to get in those um, the little tight spaces and that, and then go in with just some sandpaper and just sand it by hand. Nice. Um, and just Tracy. Tracy, uh, who hosted the axe-making class with Jimmy, the handle-making class that we hosted, Um, Tracy's a, I don't like to use the word master, but he's absolutely masterful with the way that he can read grain patterns, really uh, think out the process in terms of handling an axe. And he's the first person I ever heard from that will stop at a file. So he'll do draw knife, spoke yeah. shave, and then rough it with a file to knock off any of the high points, and that's it. Because yeah. he he swears by you know the more texture it has, the better it sits in your that's hand. Yeah. Everybody that puts that curve in it, like I did, I absolutely yeah. did it. You know, everybody that puts that big sexy curve in it, you're actually hurting the grain, yeah. and you're you're making you know break points throughout it, and so. Yeah. I'm really anxious to see how you do, you know, a forged axe, and then what kind of style handle you come up with. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be really nice to see that. Well, it's it's quite funny you saying that, like, because one of the things that I've I, I never really um, gave much thought to to grain pattern before actually uh, handling the axe, and when I realised I was going to be making it myself, then yeah, I spent a good fifteen minutes looking at different planks. In yandles, making sure I had one that had you know, good straight grain that was going to go straight up and down the handle, as opposed to cross grain and stuff like that. And um, and yeah, when I was actually making it, I was paying more attention to where the, the grains going. Um, and you said about the curve, one of the things that we notice is uh, the the Gransfors axes, for example, the handles that they come with are all very straight handles um, for exactly the same reason. Because if you put that nice sexy curve in, then like you're going to be going across so many different parts hmm. of the grain that in, unless the grain happens to go like that it's it's mm-hmm. it's worse um i mean i've put a bit of a curve in one of them um just because it's uh it's a bit of a bigger axe it's more of a um like a wilderness axe um and it's actually the one that lives in the back of the land rover um that got <laughs> the actual reason I, I was doing it is because there was a tree fell down uh on a road that very few people travel along 
um, and I was driving along this road and saw this tree down and had to get rid of it because uh, it was a case of either I sorted it out or I turned around and went back and someone else had to deal with it so uh, I just jumped out of the Land Rover and got the axe out and started going at this tree and got <laughs> 90% of the way through it and then the handle broke so um, uh, yeah I ended up just having to luckily where I'd uh, gone at it it was most of the way done um, I tried moving it by hand but it was just too much so I ended up having to uh, tie a rope around it tie the other end to the Land Rover and basically just jerk the Land Rover back quite quickly so it snapped um, and then it was small enough that I could lift it up and just get it out of the road but, I still uh, love it if somebody would have run up behind you and they go oh what are we going to do about this somebody has to call the city or the locals <laughs> and you just go I got this I got an axe <laughs> and then you pull an axe out of the back of your car <laughs> oh my I mean what's the point in having a Land Rover if you're not going to do shit like that it's, it's where, where the fun is but, so uh, Steve you, you, um, you, you skipped over quite quickly I think your, um, your, your, your release of your new video um, I just want to go back to it because I think I think you're really starting to find your style now, and I think there was, me and Brett were talking about it. Um, there's this really nice atmosphere that you're getting with 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 kind of videos in the forge and, and the way you shoot things. And I think um, I just I just I just wanted to say that I think it's, it's really awesome, man. And even, even though you're, you're kind of taking the piss with the story, um, I think I think yeah, you should be really proud of it because it, it was it was a fun build. Uh, you had a laugh at the end, but it was also really really enjoyable to watch as well. So yeah, keep it up, man. Nice, thanks, bud. I mean, yeah, because uh, I think you're not the only people to say, like, because for those of you that haven't watched the videos, um, go and watch work- the fucking videos. <laughs> 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 well, that too. Um, but my workshop is right on the side of uh, a road going through the centre of the village. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, of quite atmospheric background noises and and there's like quite often there's a fire going in the background so you've got all those spits and and things from that going and occasionally i'll forget to turn the music off so you've you get some music in the background as well but uh, <laughs> sublime <Yeah. laughs> a nice bit of sublime or, how old are you again uh, <laughs> you. Uh, i was gonna defend it by saying about the other music that was on there and then realize it was a load of punk bands from the 90s so I, yeah that's I fine though. that's fine though. but uh but yeah, no, I and I think I have started to find the style. I'm starting to feel a bit more comfortable with it, and I definitely think like this video is the one production-wise I'm most proud of, because um, it just seemed to come out nicely. And and it was really good getting to uh, include some other makers in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, although yeah, I, that was really neat how you put yeah. other people in your video. I, it was I, like you're really close, like really close maker <laughs> friends that you really respect and like have a lot of time for. That and, was really cool. Really nice I, touch. I definitely didn't forget anyone. Even though they sent me a video at my request. Nope. Everybody was in there like they were supposed to be. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. I love you really. Anyway. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah. And yeah, it was great having everyone in there. And I think it had uh, a nice yeah, a nice feel to the whole video. But um, yeah, cool. Anyway. Uh, Brett. What, what have you been up to? Nothing. No, nothing at all. <laughs> nope. Sitting around on my hands. Cool. Should, um, we, uh, should we go on to the topic then? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give an update. Um, so I received my shirts, which was neat. Yay! I ordered shirts a little while ago and just got them. I'm actually happier with the quality than I expected. Just awesome. just because it was a kind of bank breaking in a in a sense to go oh my god i'm i guess i'm gonna buy these shirts and hope people want them 
Um, and so it was a little scary to, to quote unquote invest some money, aka yeah. put it on my credit card. Um, those came out really nice, and and people have been nice enough to support. And I've already got a couple of orders coming in, which is really really neat. Um, I'm deep in the throes of the sticker challenge with Laura. I posted a video this morning. It's it's a really short, quick video, but it's it's pretty much just kind of announcing that this thing's going on, and we want more people to get involved in it. it yeah. You know, when Laura and I were talking about it, it was more just like, oh, maybe I, I love when somebody comes out and just goes, hey, you know what? We're going to do like Rory's thing. You know, we're going to do yeah. the zombie challenge. And then you would have otherwise never thought to forge something, and then it yeah. motivates you or kind of, gets your juices going of like, you know what? I'm going to take place in that. Even if I'm not going to win, you know, Al, we're both, <laughs> we're both losers. So, but, but both of us, you know, stepped up and we're like that, that's a cool idea. Let's, let's yeah. join the, the forged something zombie weapon battle. So in a similar vein, you know, let people take it as an opportunity to go, you know what? I have, I have wanted to make a sticker for myself and then you can <laughs> put it online and everything's on Instagram. And then Laura and I will, you know, pick the top five and print those out, which is really cool. But it's actually a lot more stressful to come up with 10 designs <laughs> because it turns out I came up with five ideas for stickers that are basically Laura Comp stickers. And I'm like, well, I, I can't just make a bunch of Laura stickers. Um, I could, but, you know, yeah. we're supposed to be on brand with all of these. And then I was going to start another build video this week, and then Steve told me I couldn't. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but going back to the stickers, I, I definitely think like you should, you guys should definitely do like your tenth sticker or something. Should be for the other one. So well, the the for you and you should design for her. The aim of the game is the first that gets to ten is the winner, and then the loser yeah. has to design one for the other person. <laughs> now, what I will probably end up doing because no offense to the three of us, but I don't think she listens to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so what I'll probably end up doing is maybe number 10, I'll pick my favorite one that I came yeah. up with for Laura and then and then probably produce that with the idea of being like, I know I'm going to lose anyways, so yeah. here's my sticker design that I will have to make for her anyway. <laughs> awesome. You know, I can make a fun joke. And then I've got a couple of fun ideas to, I'd like to put out another video for that. It wouldn't yeah. be next weekend. It would be the, the following week. Um and then since it's kind of this like maker adventure battle video game thing that I that I came up with, I do have a really fun ending to it. So I'm already nice. prepping graphics for that, which is kind of nightmarish because everyone always everyone's like, "Hey, I love your intros and the video game thing is fun." And I'm like, "Thank you. It takes me a million hours and lasts yeah. ten seconds on screen." I mean, going back to to that exactly, like that video, although it was short. The, the graphic side of it was awesome and looked really really good you should definitely be proud of that man <laughs> um, but uh, I've already said to you but I think it's worth kind of putting it out there to everyone else as well like I found it incredibly um, disarming was, is a good word yes uh, because it, it was you did a, a, a very basic bit on um, on how to use Illustrator um, and it was it was very much like do this click this there you go and it was great for someone like me that sees um illustrator as being this massive monolithic program that i'm you know you need to have years of training before you even know how to get into it sort of thing and to to see that and go oh i could 
just take a photo of my phone of a drawing that I've done and press one button and now I've got vectors like that's that's amazing like that's, <laughs> yeah it is it's to it's me, nice huge. to it's nice to, and I, I appreciate you saying as much and I, to be honest that was kind of the aim to go yeah. like look it's actually really easy but also like go go do it and then post something so we can all look at it because this is supposed to be a kind of a communal event um but it hits me every now and then because because i've been working with illustrator and and like after effects and photoshop since university yeah that's too many years ago and um <laughs> i don't realize that i'm like oh yeah i mean i i start my sketchbook draw some stuff um, we draw some stuff and I can take a picture of it and then immediately go to digital with the click of one button. And there's advanced features in Illustrator 2 where you can get even yeah. more in-depth. But it, it it's putting me back to pencil and paper, which is a very comfortable space because you can you know erase and, and tweak yeah. and do all that stuff without creating layers and layers and layers of stuff that you have to slough through in, in Illustrator. But... I appreciate you saying as much. It's it's weird to know that you can work with a power hammer and, you know, forging axe heads and draw knives and things like that. And then you look at Illustrator and just go, no, it's too much. I, yeah. I, it's there's scary. no way I'll be able to use this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and the thing is, is, that's especially stupid for someone like me that works in IT when I'm not in the forge. It's, but, uh, it's just, it's but, just, to be honest, Steve, it's just because it's just not intuitive. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. That's, it's not that it's yeah. intimidating or scary. It's just the way it's de- designed. It's just an awful interface. So you you can you can't just open it and go, oh, that you know, I'll try that because this makes sense. You know, some yeah. programs are really good at that. Uh, Adobe's not one of them. I know, and Al Al busts out designs on the regular for us. Just, yeah. you know, <laughs> so quick uh, at it. But yeah, I mean, uh, one like other point on that was the fact that. Um, as well as it inspiring me to actually go actually maybe i can use this thing like we've already or i've already seen a few people um posting uh, their own stickers as well um, and i know we talked about it in the um bit beforehand but uh, but seeing uh ellen stickers were just amazing and i really hope she uh, <laughs> know. she actually prints some of them out i and, just love uh, everybody's making pirate stickers i know and, <laughs> and seeing nino not only do an awesome makers uh, sticker but also take a quote from the comment you put on ellen's sticker <laughs> to then make another sticker and it was yeah that was to see. honestly that was that was like a weird eye-opening moment of like wow that's a really fun sticker and i said yeah. that yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah so fun. well done to both those guys and and I've I've just set the uh, the hashtag to be a hashtag that I follow, so I am um, I'm looking forward to seeing a few more. Awesome! I hope it goes that direction. We've still got a little bit more time. We're trying not to do more than one design a day because it's just a yeah. little it's a little much to try and throw on it because we do want to produce you know good work. Yeah. And trying to knock out ten in a day is kind of a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. But uh, cool. Right. Should we uh, should we move on to our topic? Yeah, but I feel like there was a good segue opportunity. I know. Come yeah, on, Steve. Know, You're better I than this. I wanted to move into that. Don't think up. you are. <laughs> no, you are. Do or do not, there is no try. The Matrix video is gone, Brett. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> you think uh, that's air you're breathing? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, right. Anyway, um, so those of you that aren't on our Patreon, uh, we asked the guys on there because there was a suggestion that um, they'd like to do like a bit of a Q&A session and uh, so we asked if there's any questions that anybody wants answering and we've got a few responses so we're just going to go through them and just kind of 
wing it, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've got a few questions. The first one is from David, <laughs> and da- David's put David V. Smith because he knows that I can't pronounce his uh, actual surname, so we're just going to call him David Smith. Uh, and he wants to know what's the worst injury you've ever got from using uh, uh, tools, whether they're power tools or or hand tools. So, who wants to go first on that one? I I can I'll field this one really quick because it's a pretty short yeah short go. Um, I worked at a fabrication shop in 2012, I think, and I was using a framing nailer because we were building <laughs> some flats for an exhibition hall. And it was something we did regularly and lapse of judgment, lack of sleep, whatever it was, I was holding two pieces of lumber together and I thought I had the nail gun angled away from me to do a corner and then it hit a knot in the pine and it absolutely shot straight through the middle of my hand and now I have a scar from it. So that was a fun one to pull your throbbing hand off of a nail oh, <laughs> that you shot yourself with that's the worst part or you're like oh. i did that 100 percent to myself because i wasn't being safe yeah so it was like dumbest it was properly stuck in there like stuck on it then so you had to wrench it away well you know like the flat end was yeah. was on the palm side Ooh. and the wood had stopped it or whatever so it was just the point Ooh. basically i could see the point out of the back of my hand and i could just ow nice that's yeah not nice I dodged lucky enough dodged anything that was crucial though I don't know how that happened because I pretty much just pulled it off and was like my health insurance isn't that good I wrapped it for a few days and I was like I don't know I think it works see I love love the fact that that was your thought process my health insurance not good I better just do this myself whereas mine would have been I can get it on the NHS but ah, some some tape it'll be fine oh but you know different line of thinking when you've got universal health care and yeah a little bit more progressive thinking in <laughs> European nations. Anyway, let's not go down that road. Yeah. Who's next? Cool. Uh, Al, are you ready? Or I yeah, go on then. Um, I was going to say it's not tools, but it is tools. Um, it's mostly food related. Um, <laughs> so, like, when you're working in a kitchen, like, you know, the usual cut yourself scenario, it's like in a workshop, it's like, oh, I'll just duct tape it up or I'll get yeah. some super glue and just wipe it up. Uh, but I used to work in a, a, a sort of a banqueting restaurant where basically yeah. you'd, you'd you'd do live service out in the the, the dining room. Okay. Yeah. So you'd carve like sides of ribs of beef and and things like that, um, and you'd be standing there basically doing three hundred covers, and I'd just I'd be like the entertainment for the evening, just, like carving carving roast beef. Yeah. Um, and then like you'd have waiters and waitresses bringing out these lovely platters and every time you'd finish a side of beef on the next one would come out and they'd like yeah. it'd be burns night or something and they'd be, they'd be piping it out with, with bagpipes and whiskey and stuff like that so they'd be giving you whiskey to drink while you're carving this fucking beef 300 people to serve razor sharp like carving knives um, and the inevitable you'd, you'd be cutting yourself all the time because basically you're just having to slice like yeah. everyone gets three slices all the slices are exactly the same so you're basically like a human meat slicer yeah not human meat slicer, human meat slicer. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you'd cut yourself all the time. But, and basically, you, you'd just nick yourself and you'd, you'd, you'd have to use your thumb to like hold the wound closed because you couldn't stop. 
because yeah. there's people waiting to be eaten. So you'd, you'd basically hold hold that wound closed with one thumb while you continued to carve, and then you'd cut your next finger. So you'd have like this weird like three finger thing going on just to stop the bleeding. And then basically, if you got any more than three fingers cut, you'd, you'd just, so basically, I'd, I'd just shout to a waitress like, "Just go and get a rubber glove," and you just have to basically <laughs> shove this bleeding hand into a rubber glove. And like, kind of tie off the back. So basically, yeah. the glove would just be filling with blood while you're carving, <laughs> carving away. <laughs> and then sometimes you'd have to like double bag because you didn't want to pierce the the, the, the bloody rubber glove in case it's just like the whole rib of beef just got covered. It was okay with it when it was beef because you could kind of get away with it because yeah, obviously like no one noticed the blood. It's medium rare, yeah. But when you're doing like turkey and stuff, it starts to get a bit grim. Um, so that was that was just kind of everyday life as a chef, um, yeah. just constantly cooking. Like it got to the point where you know most of your skin was just uh, scar tissue. Yeah. So it wouldn't even bleed anymore by the time you're done. <laughs> um, but I think that was topped off by when I was a kid. Um, it was another food-related story. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this counts as a, as a red corner. We can put the jingle on. Um, but we were having a fondue as I was a kid. Nice. Um, and it, uh, I, There's two different kinds of fondue. There's the cheese one, where you dip in like bits of bread and bits of potato and pickle and stuff. It's lovely. Yeah. But there's also one with boiling fat. So you have a you have a pan full of boiling fat in the middle of the the table, yeah. And you can like deep fry things. It's exactly the same principles from doing yeah. like stuff on a fork, uh, and you get like bits of steak and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So I'm there as a little kid, and I've got this bit of steak in my hand, and I'm jamming the fondue fork through it, and very similar to Brett's. Basically, this fondue fork just goes right through my hand, <laughs> so like right through the webbing bit as well. There. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so I'm like, I don't know, I was like six years old or something, just yeah. with this fondue fork sticking right through my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, as long as as long as it's delicious at the same time, I don't mind hurting myself. Yeah. See, I uh, you saying about kitchens? One of um, probably not my worst injury, but uh, I remember taking apart a uh, it was like a metal shelving unit, and it was one of those that had four poles, and then the um, the actual shelves go on by the 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 holes in the shelves are slightly oversized, and then there's like uh, rubber washers that fit between the the pole and the actual yeah yeah, yeah shelf. I know what you mean yeah and uh, so it sits on those um, washers and the, the pressure holds it in place and um, yeah we would the pub that I was running with my brother uh, it but basically environmental health came in and advised <laughs> us that we might want to not ever cook in that kitchen again hey I've, I've <laughs> seen your hands when you cook Steve <laughs> nothing wrong with that yeah and uh, and so yeah we uh, we basically just dismantled the kitchen that night. And, uh, and me and one of the guys that had stayed along to uh, to help out because we couldn't get these poles in the the bin that we had, um, we had to break them down, and we we discovered that if you smack them against each other, then they'll like because they were cheap metal, they bend and snap. <laughs> so we, we were basically just having like pretend lightsaber battles, and yeah, that that's really really sharp metal that falls on your arm tends to cut it. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I think the worst one I've had from uh, doing any tool work because I I've had lots of injuries from uh, from back on the farm and, and things like that. But um, workshop wise, I think the worst one was probably having a blister the size of one of my fingers. Um, I was making a, a meat cleaver for a friend, and I was just using a I think it was like a four and a half pound hammer. Um, like four and a half pound rounding hammer and just wailing on this bit of uh, <laughs> leaf spring trying to get it to spread out <clears throat> excuse me and leaf spring's really tough so it was an absolute bastard to get to move and uh, spent all day doing it and kind of felt the early stages of blister and 
rather than doing the sensible thing and wrapping it with electric tape like I normally would I was just like ah oh, it'd be fine I'll just ignore it <laughs> and uh, and got home that night and you know how your your fingers like divided into three segments the, the bottom segment just turned into one giant blister the whole thing oh. and uh, yeah that was that was a fun week after that but um, that's probably the worst one I have I think so you're, you're, you're in a, uh, an environment with like Ridiculously hot metal, really heavy things, yeah. sharp things, and basically your worst injury is a blister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. I just, I just, it's one of those like you burn yourself once and you quickly learn that yeah. you got to be careful. Like I mean, I, the amount of times I've I've picked up black metal that's like where it's cooled down enough that it's gone back to black, but it's still burning you. Like I, I can't even describe the worst time that that's happened because it's happened so many times. But, uh, but Alex, yeah. that I work for. He actually had a bit of scale. Um, this was the other day. He had a bit of scale. Jump off of a, an axe head and kind of go down the inside of the glove. Um, and it was only—it was like a, a bit the size of your thumbnail. And I went down inside, landed on his hand, and then just settled there and properly burnt in. Ooh. And being Alex, he quickly took the, the glove off and tried to cool it down, but then put his hand back in the glove and carried on working for an entire <laughs> morning. <laughs> and... Uh, and so by the time he came to stop for lunch, he went to take his glove off and couldn't get it off because it had just swollen up so much that his hand had filled the glove. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was not nice. I shot a piece of... The last time I forged... I can't remember what I was working on, but the last time I forged, I shot a piece of... I, I mishit an angle, and yeah. I a little... I don't know. It was a pretty small piece, but substantial enough. like g- yeah. Bigger than a grain of sand, you know? Yeah. I'm having trouble thinking of something. Um, An egg. What? <laughs> no. It wasn't that big. A um, hummingbird's egg? <laughs> I'd say it was about a quarter of an inch circle, sheared off, and shot straight through the shirt I was wearing. Ooh. And I felt something kind of bite me in the arm. Yeah. I was like, oh, ow, something weird. And I, I looked, and there was a little hole in the shirt sleeve, pulled up the shirt sleeve, and now I have a permanent scar from where I had to take tweezers and pull out a nice little sliver of metal nice. and then my tattoo artist comes to work on my tattoo and she goes what is this what is this area that's all scar tissued up i'm sorry brilliant yeah actually uh, colin fung um had that happen to him uh, yesterday i think um was striking and a bit just came flying off the handle i yeah, don't think he was injured though but yeah not nice cool uh next question uh, who is it? It is from Phil of Phil Makes Things Fames. Um, if you haven't checked him out on YouTube, go check him out because he's lovely. And he actually taught me stuff about hand planes, which was good. Um, which was nice. Which is lovely. Uh, <laughs> Phil says, when you're designing a thing, how far do you go in your head slash on paper slash in SketchUp before starting to cut things or make uh, metal compliant with a hammer uh do you have a finished article set in your mind or do you just have a rough idea or is it just whatever happens happens so that is the question Brett go for it no no Al no uh, Al sorry <laughs> the other Brett yeah um, yeah it depends is the answer the short answer <laughs> um, so for instance like the the building the hack shack that I planned out like I yeah. planned that out to the letter I drew it all in my head I, I literally built it in my head so like I worked out with in individual places how I was going to frame it you know the order in which I was going to do it yeah because that is something that I want to last and something that potentially could 
injure someone or you know someone else might take it after me so I needed it to be yeah. legit um, but then other projects it's just completely make it up as I go along or find out what materials you know because you know for that I had to order really specific dimensions of stuff I was trying to keep the cost down so I worked out exactly the right amount of sheets so I wouldn't make any waste you know even to the length and width you know um, whereas most of the projects that I make now are just like from scrap or leftover stuff so it's basically I just I just make it up as I go along and the things I'm using is what is what's inspired me yeah so so whereas other projects it's I'm actually getting inspiration from the things that I find as I go along so it might be that something's too big or too small and I have to work around it or I've not got the right material so I have to make it out of something else and then the plan changes so it's totally organic so yeah it, it totally depends what I'm working on okay cool I mean to be fair I think my answer is very very similar um like there's there's certain things like if I'm doing production work then it's I don't even have to think about it because it's the the designs and everything are already there um and and I'm just I know how long the metal's going to be I know how long the taper's going to be and and all that um if it's a a project for myself again it kind of depends on what the project is if I'm using bits of scrap then it might just be a case of I'll just wing it and see what happens if I'm working to a specific design like there's this um, yeah I, I guess it, it depends on how my mood when I'm going down there like there's there's projects that I want to do that I can't do yet because I maybe haven't got the um, the uh, the materials or whatever but I'll plan that build out in my head yeah um, and so like that at night I'll constantly be thinking oh, how could I do this and how could I do that and and planning that and I think that's more kind of the the construction side of it and that's only ever in my head I don't ever put anything down on paper I don't ever yeah. put anything like I don't use SketchUp or anything like that um, and it's just in my head I need to know how to produce this um, the the knife board project I'm working on uh, next month that because it's um, it's a bit more involved that I'm actually going to have measurements down on paper and, and yeah. things like that but again that will mostly just be a, a sketch um, is that a cli- is that a client project as well Steve uh, yeah yeah that's for a yeah client. so would they kind of want to see it before you make it as well so it, there's, there's uh, merit then in planning it out before no they're, they're, I'm, I'm quite fortunate with the, with these guys that they're, they're happy for me to just do it and as long as it works they're happy but because it's you know it's it's essentially a, a, a spinning disc that someone can stand on and someone else can throw knives at it so it's yeah it's quite literally someone's life on the line (laughs) if i mess it up and uh so yeah that i'm obviously going to put a bit more thought into and i'm going to try and make sure that it's um everything fits together properly because this thing's got to be like it's got to be able to uh, break down and take apart and put back together day in day out so yeah it's it needs a bit more design i think yeah i think the 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 mechanical part as well is is quite interesting you're saying that because depending on different parts of a build i might plan some stuff and not plan other stuff so like the hack bench like i didn't plan out how to build the bench it was just like there's a worktop i need some legs i'm this high (laughs) you know let's stick it together but when it came to the the drill mechanism thing like i had to work out how thick the wood was how far i had to travel the radius of the circle how heavy the drill was you know all the center of gravity and stuff and i had to really like quite in depth plan that out otherwise it would never work and that wasn't something that i could just um like 
build on the fly because I only had one shot at it because I was cutting the middle a hole in the middle of the desk. So yeah, it, yeah normally my approach to that would just be to kind of make it up as I go along and altered it but because i had one go at it basically i had to i had to plan it out first so there's a whole i, I like even like made an animation to make sure that it spun around the right way then wow. ended up and stuff because <laughs> it was yeah i had to because otherwise i couldn't see how yeah. that was going to work because it was so complicated mechanically yeah and i love how it was six seconds on the video really yeah, like, after, after <laughs> the credits really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like post credit scene everyone's already stopped watching anyway yeah I saw it and I was like, well, "Wait, how did you do that part?" <laughs> like, uh, Je- uh, I Jess up. She she sent me a message. She's like, "You know, nobody's gonna watch that. You know, you've gone to all that effort, and it's like it's the end of your video." <laughs> I was like, Fuck. Uh, well, I watched it. Yeah. So you, don't, you don't. You don't leave. You don't leave a Marvel film at the cinema until exactly. the fucking lights come on. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's all about establishing that that uh, <laughs> that you know pacing to your video. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So Brett, what about you? What um. Mr. Spreadsheets. I, no, I, I seriously, I hate. I I worked in front of my computer for so many years, and I've chatted about this before. But you know, I had all these jobs more available to me to work in video editing or graphic production or you know doing designs in Illustrator or Photoshop and stuff. So I think almost out of spite, I try to spend as little time planning. Or in front of my computer as I can. It's it's even why you know on the on the quick video the little tip this morning, it's it, there was a certain part of me that just wants to show like look this takes thirty seconds and yeah you you can spend another three hours depending on how detailed your drawing is but yeah it could be that quick and w- the minute you hit expand on that Illustrator you can effectively send it over to like the, our Shopbot machine will take. Like it doesn't matter if there's ten thousand points on it or whatever, it'll still figure its way out. Yeah. Um, so I, I tend mm. to spend as little time planning as possible. Now I I tend to do I don't have a lot of client work yet. Well, hopefully yet. Um, and so there is a certain degree of you know. Once I get more into maybe some production or I'd I'd love to make more of those brass key rings. It's yeah, a really nightmare to forge <laughs> brass that I learned. Um but I, I loved how it came out and knowing that you it's actually, you know, kind of smarter to just cast it, but you're gonna end up with a relatively fine finish and yeah. the shapes are all gonna be perfect. I I like things that are maybe a little off or you know you could go into that japanese aesthetic stuff which like i totally fell in love with in college but there's beauty in the mistakes or actually calling attention to the mistakes they call is it wabi-sabi right isn't that what it's called yeah 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 but i i like a little bit of imperfection so there is a certain degree of even if i got to production or if somebody commissioned something for me i would actually love to have in, in terms of pre-planning or planning discussion, it's like, just know that I do, I personally appreciate a little bit of problem solving on the fly while I'm building yeah. it. And if you tell me that you have a wall exactly this size and you want me to make shelves for it, great. But I, no amount of sketching up or anything is still going to solve all the problems for exactly how it goes together or how we yeah. ship it. You know, you can't you can't plan how you're going to box and ship this thing. You got to figure it out with who's your shipping and whatever. Or even something really really small, uh, like my brass seal that I made. That was 100% just like I go. I need a wax seal because yeah. I have an idea to do these wax stamps, and then just went. 
I knew I had to make a vector piece to run the CNC. And other than that, I had absolutely zero plan. <laughs> Which is why even in the video, I was like, eh, I don't like how this looks. It needs a collar. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't like the transition from the wood handle to... So it's, it's from my end, and it's because I'm definitely not working the same kind of uh, environments that you are, but I, I like getting to it. You know, I don't like thinking too much in advance and something about you know working with technology you do have to spend a little bit more time al when you're dropping that kind of money and and spending that kind of time building the hack shack yeah i can completely understand doing something like that no i don't know if i would actually do like a sketchup rendering like you did oh no no i i went as far as illustrator so it was 2d you know, right, I, did, well, I didn't go i didn't go volumetric so it was more just about the dimensions than anything it was still great is all i'm saying <laughs> thank you yeah i just i i have a i have a weird habit of just saying like screw it let's get to it you yeah. know i oh, here we go to the fucking t-shirt no that, <laughs> well that was that was off the dome um all right <laughs> that wasn't any pre-planned thing i just uh i i think i again out of spite i think i spent so many years getting in my own way that i i make it a point now to just go how much time are you gonna spend on paper like come on yeah, yeah. you don't even know what solution is going to present itself whatever screw it and and just you know start smashing start with the smallest bit that you absolutely have control over you know exactly what the execution is and then build out from there makes it easier for me anyways yeah no definitely i mean yeah because like i say most of the uh the pre-planning i do is purely in the what's the first stage how am i going to do that and then that's it and then start that and then go from there um I think if I'm if I know I'm going to be recording it for a video, then I might think about it a bit more, so I can think about like where I'm going to uh, um, like camera angles and, and shit like that, and which bits I actually need to um, uh, which bits I, I, I need to film. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Other than that, I do tend to wing it a bit. It ta- it, ta- it takes the fun out of it as well, like over planning. Like I, I don't want that to be my approach to stuff. Like I'll yeah. do it when it needs to work, but other than that, I think I think you're totally right, Brett. Like, it's only going to lead to more problems if you completely overanalyze everything and like overplan yeah. everything because things are going to pop up that you can't predict, and then it's like, well, I just wasted all that time planning, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't account for this, so you'd be much better off just winging it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Nice, cool. So, should we move on to the next question, which is from our good friend, the Redsmith? And he says, uh, tell us something you usually never brag about, but you are, on the inside, really proud of uh, build success or experience. So I think he's saying, like, is it doesn't have to necessarily be something that we've made that we're proud of, but just something that we don't normally brag about. Who, uh, who wants to take this one? No. Uh, <laughs> go on, then. Yeah, go for it. Pretty good at banging. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, no. Nope. Um, <laughs> no. That goes. No. That is edited right out the door. <laughs> Luckily, there was enough silence before that. Jesus Christ, Al. <laughs> good at banging. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. So. Um, Sports and making doesn't always seem to go hand in hand. Um, 
I'm not saying it doesn't. I think there's, there's a few guys out there who are kind of are really into it. Uh, people like John Malecki, for one. Um, but I was uh, I was captain of the, the men's first team at football at university for three years. Um, and we won sort of several leagues and, and cups and promotions and trophies and stuff. So it's something I'm really proud of, but it's not really something that I kind of bang on about a lot. Um, <laughs> not not in this not in this community anyway. But yeah. um, if anyone yeah if anyone ever wants to talk football or, or sports, um, <laughs> I can also throw a pretty good spiral for our football fans in America as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big sports fan, uh, but it's not really not really something I bang on about all the time. Yeah, that's great. Um, I I really don't know how to answer this one because like there's because you're not, British. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, it, the, I'm really good at apologising about stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, fuck it. You know what? Actually, I have got something that I'm very proud about that I don't normally say that I'm proud about, um, and that's this: the podcast. Hey, um, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me while I die. <coughs> um, yeah, the the podcast is. It's. Although I talk about it and in terms of uh, what we do and like promoting it, I don't generally talk about um, how I feel about it. Uh, and the fact that we've got so many amazing listeners out there, um, like I mean, on, on the Facebook group and people that have contacted me directly and, and so on and so forth, it's it's incredible. And I love the fact that um, the three of us are now growing this little community within the community full of really cool people um and yeah i i think it's something that we all three of us can definitely be be proud of so and rob and rob obviously thank you to rob yeah bless him but uh but yeah i mean he's he's got his uh his other podcast that he's really proud of and he's just started doing he's actually doing a um uh a gaming um uh, YouTube thing, which is streaming oh, at the cool. moment. Um, yeah, and that's that's really good. He he did one. I think it was today. He did a golf one, um, <clears throat> which wasn't necessarily the the most um, thrilling game ever, but it was still <laughs> a good watch sort of thing. So uh, so yeah, if you're into games, go check out Rob's um, thing. I'll put a link in the shows. But cool. uh, yeah, so Brett, uh, I wish I could just say. Movie quote retention. <laughs> <laughs> We're all proud of that. Come on. I <laughs> know, uh, but it goes so much deeper. Um, I, you know what? Not not to get too sappy or or uh, existential about anything, but I did, and you said we got to edit it out. Well, <laughs> uh, no. Um, I. I honestly, I, I have to kind of take a step outside of myself sometimes and realize that I, as much as I, it's it's very true, I, I don't like most people. And I had a hard time living in New York City, just being surrounded by bad attitudes and, you know, corporatization and all kinds of just terrible crap. You know, people in bad moods on a regular basis, people that were angry, yelling, all kinds, of, I don't know, I couldn't stand yeah. it. And it, it it's been like that forever uh since i was younger it never felt like i was good like i could talk to people right it's like something my mom taught me it's like it's like you gotta learn how to talk to people because you're gonna have to deal with them in your life i don't want to though i don't like people i'll sit in the basement and draw pictures 
<laughs> which is legitimately what I did for like 14 years of my life. Um, now it's gotten to the point where it's the quality over quantity thing, right? I, I yeah. left New York City with a handful of people that I can legitimately say will stay with me forever because them us meeting each other became a uh like being a little bit of a cheerleader right being able to walk in every day and be like hey you're awesome and then having people just kind of go you don't say that to anybody and i go (laughs) i know it's i'm an asshole and you are really cool so i want you to know that and now it's become with the maker community it's those people are more plentiful and i don't even get to interact with them on the regular basis or physically get to interact with them but the stuff I'm trying to spread or at least the vibe I'm trying to spread through my channel or through my Instagram or through the podcast, which you guys are nice enough, you know, to allow me on is it's crazy. It feels like it's become this platform for me to bring the like, look, the world sucks or there are tons of things that you can be upset about, but let's try and keep a good attitude because it's been way worse, (laughs) way worse for everybody. You know, everyone's got their own ups and downs, but I can look at myself and go, God, it's been so much worse than this. I have been broke, like out of out of work, out of a living space, you know, moving back in with my parents. I can't afford anything. My car is behind on dues and stuff. So now, I guess if if to bring it back around, if I had to be good at something, it's like maintaining perspective and then making sure that to spread that to every single person that I possibly can and just go, shit is fine. And guess what? We can even make it better if we want to. And make a goofy channel with pirate references and movie references <laughs> and me using a fake sword pencil fighting thing. I don't know what I don't know where that came into my head this morning. It was <laughs> when I posted that. But I was like, I am definitely gonna walk on screen acting like I'm having a sword fight with nobody. Yeah. Um like s- spreading good attitude or spreading good vibes. There's there's so much crap in the world, so if I can do a little bit of, of lifting other people up, I'd, I'd say that's what I'm decent at. Nice. I wholeheartedly agree, Brett. That is definitely yeah. what you do. Yeah. That's, Thanks, uh, that's a really good one, man. Um, it's like the opposite of Steve. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> After the guy puts a video together, a beautiful video together with all of his friends in it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That message at the end of Steve's video, man, I, I, I swear that got me right in the feels. <laughs> I just like yeah, it said that... made in England on there. This is like, no, seriously, that got me go- even that got me going. I was like, yeah, he's made in England. Yeah, I started to get really patriotic and then boom, just yeah. hit you with it. Well that, well, that was the thing is kind of, because when I did it, I was like, oh, is this going to be too corny? Because it was literally like a, a spur of the moment thing because I got the shot of it saying made in England. And uh, and then I was like, oh, oh, I, I, I wonder. And um and yeah, I kind of did it, and after I did it, I was like, "Oh, that that that, that might be a little bit corny." But nah, I, screw it. Yeah, it works, that's man. kind of that was kind of the attitude I had. Is fuck it. It's I mean the sentiment, so why not? But absolutely, um, right on. Cool. Right. Let's go on to our final question. Um. And now this guy has been spoken about on the show before and he actually contacted me via Instagram uh, the last couple of days to basically take the piss out of me for being awful at 
pronouncing his name. So I'm not I love how that's like the, the raison d'etre of most of our fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most of our listeners, it's like, yeah, just give he's us really good shit. at taking the piss out of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'm going uh, to let you guys have a go at saying his name because I can't. Nope, this one's on Al. Oh man, but Brett, I thought you nailed it before. Hang on, go on. Let me let me just have a quick uh, lookaroo. Just uh, I'm going to go with Rasmus Lowen Stainsgard. That sounds yeah. That, see, that sounds perfect. Why can I not say that? Anyway, because stain is like stone. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a bit shit. Get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> right. Anyway, yes. oh, you can say it like a pirate, like Stainsgard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, Rasmus's um, question is: uh, I think this question has been long overdue. What is the most foolish thing you have done, uh, done to or with at all? Uh, and he said that he once used a spoon as a wedge to repair an axe. And <laughs> that sounds genius. Curious. That doesn't yeah. sound foolish at all. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious as to how the hell he did that. Because <laughs> I'm I trying to imagine it as as you know the butt end of the spoon. As the wedge, yeah. So really, he made a multi-tool yeah. in my mind, where it's an axe, and... but also you could eat cereal with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and who doesn't want that? The Spax. <laughs> <laughs> There's your uh, shit. <laughs> I know what I'm making for the next zombie challenge. Yeah, it's oh, <laughs> massive <laughs> Spax. Brilliant. Uh, cool. So, who wants to go first for that? I will, because I kind of haven't got an answer, but I have got an answer, if you know what I mean. Uh, um, so, the, I always get this, like, whenever I'm making something or whenever I'm doing something that I've never... Because a lot of the times I'm making or using tools, I've never done it before. Yeah. Um, so, it's to what Brett was saying last last week. Like, I'll look at the things that are going to potentially kill me and get out of the way of them, but beyond that, I'm fr- it's like, it's fair game. Yeah. So I'm always just essentially winging it, um, usually with quite dangerous stuff. Um, and then I, I, I'm always afterwards like, whoa, like that could have totally taken my face off. Yeah. Or like, I nearly chopped my fingers. Or like, you know, I, I could have died or that could have exploded. Um, and I always have these like overwhelming feelings, feelings of like uh, relief and guilt and shock and like adrenaline. Yeah. But I never ever learn my lesson because I cannot remember what it was that I was not supposed to do. <laughs> so so I, I obviously do stupid things with tools all the time because I, 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 I can remember this hundreds and hundreds of times of doing this thing and just panicking and like being really stressed and being really psyched. But I can't remember what it was that I was doing. So I obviously do it, um, but I'm just terrible. At le- I don't know why I'm still alive, basically, because it, yeah. it, it's not a learning exercise for me. It's like the Darwin Awards, but I, I'm still here. So basically, um, you're you're really stupid and just lucky. Yeah, yeah. I did do one stupid thing with one tool, and that was uh, attach it to the end of a staff and set it on fire. But... <laughs> but you videoed it, so it's fine. That turned out pretty sweet. Yeah. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. It's worked out pretty well so far. Nice. Uh, cool. Uh, Brett, do you want to go next? Uh, sure. It's really not a long story at all i used to work at the fabrication shop same one i shot myself in the hand with the nail gun um we had an one of those old school radial arm saws and you know the the older guys at the shop had definitely been like you know keep keep your hands out of the way you don't want to cut it and you go yeah i get it you can pull the blade and you don't want your hand there because whatever but what wasn't really explained is how it will grab wood and since 
the the blade rotates the same direction that you pull it 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 will run quickly yeah. on hard materials so i was ripping through a few boards and then I, I can't remember what material that i'd thrown up in there but i i basically wedged my hand kind of between my stomach chest area and the table just to kind of hold it flush against the guard yeah or against the you know backing plate or whatever yeah yeah and when i pulled the radial arm saw forward i i mean i cut through the material and then i, I could feel the wind coming off of the <laughs> like the front of the blade right on the yeah. edge of my pinky and I remember stopping, blade still running, stopping and looking straight down and realizing that I was millimeters away from probably taking my pinky and ring finger off. Oh, dude. And then just kind of like slowly, you know, like in a movie where you're like, okay, and we'll just put that back in place. <laughs> so I remember I turned it off or whatever and just kind of stood for five minutes and realized like I should really pay a lot more attention to that. And then I, you know, I didn't actually injure myself, but... I can I can clearly remember that moment as being like yeah. I need to I need to not do dumb stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, I, this is one of those that I could probably talk about stupid things that I've done for hours. Because even just whilst Brett was talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, because I did this once and I did that once and I did this, and um, and. I think most of it is probably from a few years ago. Like, I've, I've learnt my lesson, but, I mean, even from a young age, I can remember uh, once uh, my dad was welding, and um, I must have been about eight, um, and watching dad weld, and when I say watching dad weld, I mean standing ten, fo- f- ten feet away, just looking at the arc, because, oh, it's really pretty. <laughs> and then getting arc eye as a child was horrible. Nice. Um and uh, I mean because I, I use an angle grinder quite a lot and um, I, the amount of times I've set myself on fire because of uh, sparks coming off an angle grinder is unreal but I think <laughs> the the worst the worst one that I've done and the thing is, is it's one of those like oh, I'm on fire but I've got to finish this cut first and and so like it just happens <laughs> and uh, but I think the worst one was uh, I was doing a um, uh I was doing some restoration on a car and I was grinding away and grinding away and it was middle of summer it was really really hot and I was in just like a pair of uh, just cheap shorts and uh, and nowadays I won't ever use an angle grinder unless I'm wearing jeans um, but it was too hot for jeans at the time so I was like I'll be <laughs> fine and um, it was like the, this polyestery material and um, basically the, the angle at which I was grinding was just smacking me on my inner thigh quite high up and uh, I just ended up with basically my crotch of these shorts catching on fire whilst I was <laughs> stood <laughs> on the driveway of my house with loads of cars going past and me just running around just smacking myself <laughs> in the crotch uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah that's probably that's one of the worst but I think uh, the wor- the stupidest thing that I've done um other than like climbing on top of uh, barns and things like that, um, is probably been. Oh, see, there's a choice of two, and both of them are my dad's fault. Um, <laughs> there's, there's the first one, which I said to you guys earlier, where on the farm we used to stack hay bales up or straw bales up, um, 
lay a layer of um, plastic sheet over the top and then put uh, like old car tires and things like that on to weight it down to basically keep most of the water off of it and uh, and we had a, a stack that was so high one year that we we didn't have a, a ladder that was tall enough to get up to it so we had like a telescopic handler um, which is just a tractor with a telescopic boom on it um, and we had that uh, it fully extended and then in the bucket of that we had a, a ladder um, that we used to get up the last eight or nine foot to the top of the stack um, so we did that and it was me and Rob the guy that like the farmhand there um, so we went up and we spread all the tires around and we did that and we come back down um, and as dad was bringing the, the bucket back down Rob dropped the ladder down and then just started jumping up and down in the bucket trying to make the whole thing shake because <laughs> for some some reason he thought that it was going to scare me and I just kind of looked at him like I've literally grown up around all this stuff like this isn't going to scare me you're being an idiot and uh, of course dad caught wind of this and then picked us up in the air and kind of tipped the bucket a little bit and <laughs> could see that Rob was trying to make out like he wasn't scared to try and wind me up but was actually a little bit scared um, so dad being dad decided to then take us out so that we were over the top like they had the boom fully extended over the top of the slurry lagoon which for those that don't know what a slurry lagoon is it was basically just a giant pit full of manure um i hate manure <laughs> and then and then just tipped the the uh the boom uh, the bucket further and further and further until it got to the point where we were both me and rob both hanging onto the uh the bar at the top of the bucket just dangling above a lake of literal shit um so yeah, they, used to, they used to show us like public service announcements <laughs> when we were kids, Steve, at school, because we all lived in the countryside, about like the dangers on the farm. Yeah. Like, stay away from the big buckets of shit <laughs> and don't go near the grain things, the grain silos. Yeah. It's like, but it was your dad, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was basically nice. my family were the cause of those videos. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but I, I think the absolute worst one was um, we were taking off uh, or dismantling a, a barn and the roof that was on it um, was like a, a five, like, you know, you get corrugated tin um, sheets. It was like that, but it was this fibrous material. And so dad sent me up with an angle grinder. And I was like 15 at the time. Um, sent me up with an angle grinder just to take the heads of the bolts off because they were, they'd been in there that many years. They just, they were never going to come undone. There was no um, like shape left to the heads at all. It was just a lump of metal. Um, so I'm up there and I'm taking off all the, heads and um and he kind of said to me because it was quite a bit of dust coming up from these uh <laughs> sheets and he was like oh yeah just go careful try not to get too much of that dust up and i was like oh, all right okay whatever and carried on about five minutes later i was like halfway through i was like what is this material then went, oh yeah that, that's <laughs> asbestos don't breathe it in <laughs> thanks dad nice. so uh yeah lesson learned my dad is not good to me <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you turned out the way you did (laughs) exactly this this is why i forget things sometimes but uh cool right is that it are we are we done with is that all four that that is all four that was some rich conversation though of that four questions yeah rich rich i'm pretty corinthian conversation (laughs) i'm pretty sure we're massively running over time yeah we totally are 
Yeah, it's fine. Uh, right, shall we'll we... try and wrap up the spiffing quick. Yeah, let's uh, quickly go into. That we think that are spiffing. So, Al, who uh, who do you think is spiffing this week? Uh, my spiffy this week. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about him. I think he might have popped up, but he's not, he's definitely not been a spiffing. Um, and it's Sean from SE Woodwork. Oh yeah. Um, so Sean is a is a young whippersnapper uh, in the most patronising way possible because he's bet. <laughs> He, uh, this is this is a quote I think um, it came from uh, JP actually he was like he's better at woodworking than you and that wasn't aimed at me that was just aimed at everyone <laughs> um, he's uh, he's yeah he's I think he's about 18 19 um, he's just finished school and he's got he's off to do university and he's off to um, he's off to study furniture design at university actually which sounds oh, like nice. a really cool uh, course yeah but the stuff he does is absolutely beautiful um, mostly hand tool stuff there's a lot of carving in there he does a lot of segmented work um, just some really beautiful bowls and turning as well. But he's he's got such a skill set, um, and he's got he makes really good videos. He's a really nice guy. Um, but I think you just need to go and check out his channel if you if you've not done it. It's uh, it's called Se Woodwork. It's Sean Everly, um, and he's yeah he's 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 got so much potential, and he's already really really creative. He's got a real eye for design as well. So it's not just that like his technique is good. He's yeah. it's like art as well. Um, it's that really kind of rare combination of 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 you know really finite skill but actually beautiful eye for design as well yeah. he's just he's just put out um uh, an amazing walnut box that he's veneered uh and he's been doing it in stages and like normally like a stage build kind of just like loses my interest and i kind of like just show me the fucking end product i just want to see the end i want to get to the end um but, but he's he, he split it up into these really interesting segments he's made the whole thing out of veneer so it's yeah. like inch thick walnut but it, it was all made from veneer walnut yeah um, and it's on a curve and it's like a compound curved box and then he's like laminated that veneered that with like burl and stuff and it's just beautiful it's absolutely stunning um i can't it's obviously yeah audio description of, of, of woodwork <laughs> is, is terrible but you just gotta check it out because i don't even understand what's going on yeah um but each each stage of this build just gets better and better but yeah he's, he's he's a great guy he's a really nice guy um let's just go check him out sean sean from se woodwork brilliant nice one man cool uh brett have you got someone yeah uh this is I'll, I'm gonna base this one off of uh, you know the the question of how long do you spend on paper or just get to it. Um, I watch a channel called Drawfee. I don't know if anybody else has ever heard of this, but it's three young folks, um, Nathan, Jacob, and Julia are usually the main hosts. But they they basically come up with a topic. They know a little bit about what they're going to draw but it's effectively live drawing and uh they're all really talented illustrators in their own right but yeah. it's i watch it because again it's like i've talked about on a couple of these podcasts it's it's like teaching you how to think or watching somebody else's thought process or execution so i mean they'll do goofy things about drawing fake pokemon or <laughs> or one of the better ones was uh giving i think it was one of the guys doesn't know anything about pokemon so they go you just have to draw what you think this one looks like based on its name so they were <laughs> oh, just amazing so it's it's kind of a live challenge and because of yeah. the challenge thing that i'm dealing with right now with laura it's i i love watching that because again it's a problem solving thing right yeah. <laughs> as goofy as it is and since it's funny 
it's entertaining to watch, but also I find education in it or a little bit of inspiration to see how a talented illustrator will will approach yeah. what is effectively their build, right? I yeah. need you to draw a thing for me. And they go, I don't know anything about it. And they go, cool, figure it out. <laughs> and then it always ends up coming to fruition that it's some goofy drawing or some yeah. hilarious sketch <laughs> that they've drawn up. But I love it. I watch it all the time. They put up videos nice. regularly. So, yeah. so is, that like, not- is that like live then, Brett? Is they, did they do it on Twitch or something? How did they do the live thing? Uh, no, no. They, I, I think they work in like the College Humor office or something. They're in the uh, city. Okay. They're in New York City. Yeah. And I know Julia works for Dorkley. Um, and so they're all tied into kind of the online media stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, they do a video like once a week or something and then they just post the whole video. So it's them (laughs) idle banter. Yeah. All you see is the screen. Sometimes they'll do live streams on YouTube or whatever, but they're hilarious to watch. I'd I'd suggest it just cause it's a lot of fun. And if you want to get maybe a little bit better about your ideation process. I find it easier yeah. to watch how somebody else solves those problems too. Like, what does a leg look like? Here's what a leg <laughs> looks like. And you just go, okay, cool. It's two strokes awesome. of the pen. Done. Yeah. See, it also sounds a lot like how they actually do draw Pokemon though. <laughs> like they're just given a name. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the Pokemon ends up. <laughs> but, uh, no, that sounds like, like it. actually sounds like a really good channel. That's um, it's, like... it's really fun. I mean, they're not small. They're, yeah. you know, over a half a million subscribers. So yeah, cool. But uh, no, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to check them out because uh, that kind of ties in quite nicely to, to what we were talking about beforehand um, about me wanting to do a little bit more drawing and stuff. Yeah, man. But uh, most powerful tool in the shop. Yes. That's not a lie. No. Um, right. Uh, who am I going to do? I uh, yeah, actually, um, this ties in quite nicely with uh, what we were talking about at the end there. About no, it doing, doesn't. <laughs> about doing silly things with uh, with tools. Shut up! I am the king of segways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about yeah, about doing daft stuff with tools. Um, my uh, my pick this week. Um, I was watching one of his videos today, and he basically started the video by saying this is really dangerous and a really really bad idea so please don't try it at home but if you do try it make sure you do this this and this and kind of like starting with a disclaimer saying this is stupid don't do it but <laughs> I know you're going to try and do it so here's how to do it safely um, and it's uh, it's Andy from uh, Gosforth Handyman yes and uh he's another one that I've got to know through the uh, awesome makers group and he's really nice really friendly guy Um, and he's he's got quite a a good following on on uh, the YouTubes Um, but it's it's he's a a Newcastle based um, like handyman joiner Um, so He's because he does it professionally. There's, he's got lots of experience, but his his videos are just him talking quite bluntly and frankly about <laughs> how to do stuff, and like he doesn't mince his words. And but at the same time, he's not um, he's not like I am, where I'm an idiot and I just do things that are downright dangerous. He he'll say like, "There's a reason that you have this cut off switch, and this is why." And, and he'll explain why those safety features are there and why you should actually follow them and, and things like this. Um, but then he'll also, let's say, show you how to build a... a, a um, the video is a, a jigsaw box. So basically, if you don't have a, a bandsaw, you just turn your... or jigsaw table. 
so you turn your um, jigsaw upside down and use that as a bandsaw, which is something yeah. that I'd genuinely been thinking about doing for a little while anyway, <laughs> because I don't want to buy a bandsaw, but I want to be able to cut out silly shapes and stuff. And um, and yeah, his his videos are just really good. They're really uh, they're entertaining. They're easy to watch, um, and and really really educational. I think for someone that doesn't do much woodworking you're going to get lots of tips from there and even ex- more experienced people you're still going to get um get some good tips and and little nuggets of information so uh, plus, plus, plus banter which i think is yeah is, is why he's, he's, he's yeah. really enjoyable to watch as well yeah definitely but uh yeah so that's mine so nice. cool right shall we um should we wrap this thing up then i believe so cool right well where can everyone find you al uh, you will find me on YouTube uh, at Al's Hack Shack, and you will find me on Instagram and Facebook at Al Shack Shack. Al Shack Shack. Uh, and you will also find me uh, at Make a Fair uh, on the 28th and 29th of April. Uh, I'm joined now by Average Joe and Soph uh, after last week's episode. She's joining as well. Uh, and then obviously you'll you'll find all of us at Maker Central. We're hoping to meet a load of you guys. Yeah. And also, whilst I remember. Just a quick shout out and thank you to uh, Average Joe for uh, mentioning us in his uh, As the Glue Dries live stream. It's very nice. Of you. Yeah, well done. It's a great show if you, if you don't know the show. Um, he kind of does weekly wrap ups, talks about um, makers, and he has like uh, really interesting uh, information on local events and competitions and uh, deals on on tools and stuff. So it's a really good show. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, Brett, where can everyone find you? YouTubery Brett McAfee slash Brett McAfee. I don't know. Uh, Instagram Skull and Spade thirteen. Come join the sticker fun with me and Laura. <laughs> it's it's a grand old time, and we're gonna be doing it for the, at least the next week. So yeah, come in, join the fun, challenge yourself. Awesome. And nice. of course, obviously, if you do want to get hold of Brett, if you go to his website at the moment, he's just opened up his shop, Ooh, and he is yeah. now selling his stickers and his T-shirts. So go oh buy my t-shirt. God. They're so good. <laughs> so, so cool. Thank you. And obviously, yeah, obviously the sticker challenge stickers will be up on there at some point as well, presumably. Cool. Uh, if you want to get hold of me, uh, I'm on Instagram at Moonshine Metalworks or on Facebook at Moonshine Metalworks. Um, if you want to get hold of... Uh, in fact, actually, before I go on to where you can find us, if you want to ask a question on the next uh, Q&A episode, which I'm sure we'll do another one at some point, then uh, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, if you just search for Fools with Tools podcast, we'll pop up. Um, I'm sure you can all figure out how to use a search bar. So there you go. Uh, and if you want to find us, then you can find us on Instagram at FWT Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have both a page and a group. Uh, if you join the group, then you can chat and insult us with everyone else. Uh, and look at you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want to get uh, anything else, like see the shows or anything like that, we can be found at www.fwtpodcast.com. And if you just want to send us some views and don't want anyone else to see it until we talk about it on the show, then you can email us at hello at fwtpodcast.com. So cool. That is it. We are done. I've just got one last thing to say to Phil. Go for it. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs>